If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. You need to understand that you matter and you've got to put yourself first. It is not selfish to do so and um, find the joy. That's what really matters. And um, small decisions make big, big impact. So welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Welcome, Lisa. How are you today? I'm doing very well, Wendy. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so excited to talk to you about who you are and what you do and why you do it. So to get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who is Lisa Campbell? Ooh, <laughs> for everyone, I'm sure that's a loaded question, right? We have so many experiences. Well, I am a wife and mother of two children that are actually preteens and teens right now. Um, so it's a fun age and a busy age. I'm also a nurse who has been in the field of nursing for about 20 years now. And uh, most recently, I am a life and leadership development coach. Um, and I want to see others be well so that they could leave, lead well and help leaders thrive at that intersection of wellness and leadership. And of course, nurses are on the top of that list, along with other healthcare providers, and I run a company called Care Leadership Consulting. And CARE is actually an acronym that stands for Leading with Courage, Authenticity, Resilience, and Empowered to Show Up as Your Best Self. So that's, in a nutshell, who I am and what I do. I love it. That 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 was so packed. We're going to unpack that throughout this episode today. How did you get into the whole leadership wellness space? Um mm -hmm. Tell me about that journey, how you made the transition and what was the motivating factor? Uh, okay, so I actually started this company in 2020 um, at, in November, um, but I had led and uh, actually um, taught leadership development in nursing for several years prior. And what I'd seen over the course of time obviously not only with nurses and healthcare professionals, but other professionals that are in caring types of positions. So teachers, ministers, and other areas like that, that there was an element of giving of yourself so much so that you don't have enough for yourself. 
And so when I thought about that experience that I'd seen and then my own experience with experiencing burnout and really having to make an, a change in my own life so that I could be my best at home and at work, that's when I came to this point of really having this passion for seeing wellness in the leadership space. Um, we really need to understand that you know, the old adage says you can't pour from an empty cup. It is so true. And when we don't take the time, uh, the time gets taken from us, one. And although we think we're showing up as effective as we can be, we really can be more. And we're really not showing up in a way that we think that is most effective, not only for ourselves and for the people that we lead. So I decided to um, explore uh, what wellness um, different areas of wellness, um, coaching and nutrition and rest, most importantly. And um, I read a book by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith called um, The uh, Sacred Rest. And it really kind of blew my mind and changed the way that I thought about rest in, in general and how important it is for leaders. Your story is very similar to mine. Um, I started my business in 2020, uh, right at the top of the pandemic. And same thing, being a nurse practitioner myself, um, it's so important that we are well in order to serve effectively. And actually mm -hmm. seeing the impact I can have outside of a healthcare institution is the reason I started my business is really promoting wellness, stress management, emotional intelligence, outside of just patients, but more so our counterparts, our colleagues who were taking care of the patients. So such an important um, thing that we need to implement. I think with the pandemic, people are talking about wellness, we're talking about mental health, where we're talking about all these things. But from your perspective, do you feel like it's landing, like we're making um, impact? Are we moving the needle on wellness and leadership, specifically with nurses or any healthcare professionals? I honestly, Wendy, I do think that we are, it's it's slow in moving. I think that other industries have taken this on um, so much easier. Um, we are part of an industry that needs people to be giving, right? But we have a hard time understanding how we can support that without Im impacting the patients and the people that we care for, right? So nurses, especially when you're looking at how you run a unit, how you, um, it's all about movement. You've got to keep things moving from the emergency room into the bed, out of the bed, into the community and back and forth, especially in the hospital care system or acute care system. Um, I think that our nurses and our nurse leaders are saying, hey, enough is enough and we need to be seen in this space. And so what I've seen in, in articles and other organizations, and even the organization that I still currently work for, that need to say, all right, we can't just develop you um, from a perspective of leadership competencies, but how are we caring for you as well? So I think we are on the verge of moving the needle a little bit further, but it takes a huge culture shift, I think, in healthcare in general in order to see that, that done. But I'm glad to see that um, there are some um, leaders and organizations that are really making it a priority. 
I also think in order to make it sustainable, because I think a lot of health institutions are preaching wellness, hiring wellness directors, adding, you know, health and wellness of employees to their mission statement. But in my mind, in order to make it sustainable, it has to one, be a mindset shift. And like you said, we have to shift the culture, but we also need to add it to the bottom line of what we're doing. We need a we need a line on the budget, so to speak, to say <laughs> yeah. that we are going to invest, right, in mm-hmm. these programs, in initiatives that really promote wellness in order to make it sustainable. Because right now, I think we're still putting Band-Aids on it, mm-hmm. but it's it's not ingrained in the culture. How do you think we can actually make it part, make it sustainable in healthcare institutions? What, like, I, I think budget, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think are some steps we can do to kind of make this sustainable. So three, four, five years from now, it's part of the culture. It's a normal part of culture. I I completely agree with you there, Wendy. I think that we need um, several things to consider. One, definitely that um, culture shift and the budget. So when we look at the budget, um, what isn't measured usually isn't paid for. So if as a leader, you're wanting to implement these different programs, what is your ultimate goal? What are you going to help to reduce or to improve? So when we look at nurse leader turnover, can you look at nurse leader turnover or nursing turnover and impact that bottom line? And so we know that, of course, turnover is multifactorial and so many different things impact that. Um, You have people that are just moving from state to state and they're just gonna be leaving your organization. But when you find out why they're leaving and if you can impact that number, um, I think that that says a lot. So if I spend $30,000 training a new nurse or a nurse leader, right, hiring, onboarding, training programs and all of that, and then in six months they leave, I am spending that dollar again every six months. So three times over, four times over in a year sometimes, or two years, I should say, you're spending that money. So if as a leader, you're wanting to implement programs that are going to be impactful, you have to know what you want to measure in terms of um, success. So if we're measuring things like nurse turnover, leader retention, we know that like our nurse leaders, especially our managers, they're right in the middle. And it's such a hard space to be in because of your accountabilities and to, towards your staff and towards your leaders. Um, How can you improve that space and um, turn it into something that is tangible? Um, Another thing that we're looking at or we could look at is um, rate of burnout. I know that there are organizations that use several surveys that'll tell you ahead of time that people feel burnt out. And so what are you doing to look at your, um, your measure and make that improvement, measure it again and see if you're improving that? Um, Another thing is, I think, accountability. Um, Like you said, it's easy to put it on your mission statement or on your website, um, but how are you drilling that down to the individual level and holding people accountable? I'll give you an example. I know a nurse leader who is amazing, and she held a town hall just for nurse leaders, or just for her nurses, I should say. And in that town hall, she said, you know, you got to make sure you take your breaks and, you know, give up your phone and all of that. And she had several nurses come to her and say, that sounds great, but we don't have that opportunity. Immediately, she met with her nurse leaders and held them accountable and said, 
this has to start today where we need to implement um, times, specific times for people to be able to take breaks. And it sounds little, but when you can't meet your lowest level of need and that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, how are you expected to perform at a level of excellence and you're not meeting the basic needs of your people? So I think accountability um, is one. How to measure success is another and proving that so that bottom line is actually achieved. And of course, I think at the third, the third for me is training your leaders. Um, how are you getting them to have that buy-in? Um, I think we have, we're again, that mindset shift of you've got to keep going and going and going. You've got to keep moving things and giving permission to be able to slow down in some respect and give time and space for people to, um, to really feel that they're appreciated, valued, and that their wellness matters. Yes, absolutely. And Lisa, how do you help organizations kind of shift the culture of wellness and leadership, incorporating well, wellness meets leadership? How, how do you help organizations and or individuals do that? Uh, great question. So I do think that this um, particular quest is uh, a two-sided coin. So from an individual perspective, I know that I have a responsibility for my own time and my own wellness, right? So seeking a coach is a great way to give yourself accountability to and help you with a mindset shift. And so from an individual coaching perspective, I actually do group coaching sessions with leaders and we talk about things like setting boundaries. We talk about um, emotional intelligence. We talk about how to incorporate wellness strategies in your own life. And then on the flip side of that coin is the organizational responsibility to re-evaluate systems that are already in place and to provide the content in order to really um, provide that accountability to your leaders. And um, so what I do from an organizational perspective, I can come in as a consultant to uh, really help to organize what those systems look like, do an assessment, evaluate particular strategies so that um, you can implement those strategies or be that content um, expert to teach and to facilitate how to develop a wellness, a culture of wellness within your organization. And that I think again, starts with your leadership. And then I, I take a look in those assessments at everything. How are you measuring success? What is your bottom line? How do you, how much do you spend in, um, in human resources and talent? Um, and what are you losing as a result of not changing your culture? So my experience as a nurse leader, as a, um, I have a master's in healthcare administration as well. And I've had over 20, over 10 years of experience in progressive leadership experiences. Um, I've implemented programs that um, look at different ways of, of doing things. And I think we really have to think outside of the box for that. So I do. I, I deal with both sides of the coin um, with the leader and their personal uh, responsibility and accountability for themselves, as well as the organization's responsibility to look at um, look at their systems and be more system thinking and how they can uh, reduce burnout, how they can um, impact how they're treating their their team members. 
I love the systematic approach to it. I, I love that. Uh, it makes me just think of nurses, right? That's how we operate very systematic, assess. Right. It makes me think of is it ad pie, assess, diagnose, plan, implement. Plan, implement, and evaluate. Yeah. 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 It works, right? Yes, so absolutely. Take absolutely. that into that space for sure. Yes. And Lisa, can you take a minute and just tell us about your story of how you experienced uh, burnout? Oh, yes. Um, So like I said, I'd been a nurse for now 20 years. This is my 20 year anniversary this year. And um, very early on, um, I had had other leaders say, hey, you should be a nurse leader, nurse manager, educator. A part of my journey was in education. I think that was such a benefit to me. Um, And that's something that I naturally love to do. I naturally love also to encourage people. But I also love um, to see the result. And so sometimes being a workaholic is a real thing. (laughs) And most recently, um, right at the height of the pandemic, in my particular role, it was constantly looking at numbers, constantly looking at death rates, constantly looking at um, policy process, treatment plans that were changing, as you know, sometimes by the hour in the very beginning, sometimes daily. And, you know, and so I recognized that um, I was just kind of burning the candle at both ends and I wasn't sleeping well. I had real insomnia. I mean, I I wouldn't maybe fall asleep until about two, three o'clock in the morning and then had to get up again about five o'clock in the morning, kind of get ready for what's going on. And um, when things started to get down to that downward slope, um, I had two situations. One, the kids had started going back to school again and I was driving my children to school. And as I was driving them to school, I felt chest pain. And never felt that before, but knew the classic signs. I mean, classic pressure in my chest, felt it up into the left side of my neck, into my jaw. I mean, I could be a textbook in that moment. And so I called my provider, who happens to be a really good friend of mine, and I said, listen, I've got five minutes, so I get them to school, but then I'm going to get myself checked out. And so I went to get myself checked out, EKG, blood work, the whole nine, nothing related to a a cardiac event. Thank God. And I wore a monitor, a Holter monitor for the next two weeks. And aside from you know, a couple PVCs and everything, nothing really um, alarming. And on my follow-up visit, and my provider actually drew other labs and my thyroid was out of whack. And um, she said to me, all right, your thyroid is all over the place. So that's probably kind of like the precursor to all of the things that you're feeling. I was also really anemic at the time. And so she put me on a regimen that would help me to kind of get back into regulation. Um, When I met up with my cardiologist for my follow-up, the first question that he asked was, what's your stress level like? He said, have you heard of, you know, stress being, you know, also a determining factor that right now was not a major cardiac concern, but it could very well be. And it was a wake-up call for me. Because for me, I started to think about my, my children, my family, Um, the work that I love to do. And I'm like, there's nothing that's worth really um, jeopardizing any of that. 
And so I really took a hard look at what I was doing. I spoke to my leader and I was like very transparent about, and I'm glad that I could be it with her at the time, very transparent about what I was feeling and what was going on. I took some time and then I had to uh, responsibly uh, put into practice, um, implement things that I knew would help. I needed to rest and I needed to know how to do that. I needed to put practices in place at night, a nighttime routine that would help me like get to sleep. I needed to eat well. Um, I started to experience, you know, kind of through all of that, of course, um, anxiety and depression um, started to kind of rear its head a little bit more. And I had to seek help for that as well. So I had to take care of myself holistically. And um, through doing all of that, I'm in a much, much better place um, as a wife, as a mom, as a leader. And I'm very glad that I took that upon myself to take that those initiatives. Um, so I was very honest with my employer. I was very honest with myself. And then I didn't have to, I didn't just kind of acknowledge it, but I had to act on that. And um, I'm actually publishing a um, self-care journal and planner that will start pre-orders this week, actually, um, because as I looked at my own journaling, I noticed a pattern. And so the start framework is what I call it, is what has helped me to kind of regain control of my own wellness. And I wanted to share that with others. So that's pretty much been my journey. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I can definitely relate to that. I had a very similar experience uh, last year in October. Um, but yeah, it's important to listen to your body because I'm sure that you felt something before you <laughs> felt that chest pain in the car that morning. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Um, yeah. So what would you tell any healthcare professional out there who maybe on the verge of that, right? They're, they're having those symptoms, those thoughts about, I need to take care of myself. I can't keep going like this. We say that all the time to ourselves, but we keep pushing ourselves. What would you say to them? What can they do now to kind of prevent that experience that you had where you thought mm -hmm. you were having a heart attack? Absolutely. It's so important. First of all, I think you need to understand that you are worthy of taking this time. What you bring to this world is impactful and influential and you already know that, but you alone are able to do that. No one can do this like you. And because no one can do this like you, you have to take care of you. And so one, you've mentioned it, Wendy, listen to your body. There were multiple signals that I just ignored that I just thought was, you know, it's just a headache and, you know, let me just, it's the computer. I've been, you know, in front of this computer screen for too long, or I've been going for so long. And, you know, especially as nurse leaders, you you don't take the time. You're used to kind of running 12 hours and not really taking care of yourself, but your body will send signals. So you must listen to your body. Um, and so you can do that today. Um, your mind may be all over the place because you're not used to kind of being still and settling down. But there are multiple like apps and um, things that you can do. If you own a smartwatch or a smartphone, set a timer for a full minute. There are multiple YouTube videos that you can just set a timer and just ask yourself some very tough questions. 
Um, <clears throat> and with the videos, you can, you know, take a moment of meditation. And it takes time to get used to being still and having a quiet mind. So I'm not telling you to go ahead and do this for like 30 minutes at a time. You would fail. Like right now, even, you know, things are picking back up again in terms of busyness. And I have to be intentional with what I choose to do. And I may not be able to do everything that I want to do all the time or at the same time. So choose after you kind of sit down and list out where you find that you're you're feeling that pressure or you're feeling that that um, that gap that, you know, if it's sleep and you're not getting enough sleep, set a goal to 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 have a nighttime routine or to get a certain amount of of rest that you need. Um, but I think it starts with being honest with yourself. Be honest with where you are and what is working well and what's not. Um, nutrition is always easy. We don't think it is, but grabbing an apple is just as easy as grabbing, you know, a snack cake or whatever the case is, because there is a high correlation or connection, I should say, between nutrition and our mental health. And um, if you're starting to feel, you know, anxious, uh, grab you know, a handful of berries or something like that, or something that is, or hydrate yourself to start. So though it's just like making those quick decisions and deciding for the good um, in the moment, that's going to be your first steps. But um, being honest, setting goals and take the time to do that. You're, you, we need you. And so we need you to take the time, um, five minutes and you'll be surprised. Like, I hate washing dishes and I always think it takes an hour, but in reality, it takes what, 10 minutes. And so we think that this whole wellness journey is going to take a long time and it's going to be so much before we are able to make an impact, but small decisions make big differences. So start with something. I love that. I love small decisions make big impact. Yes, 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 yes. And I think you know, what you're, what you're, what I'm hearing you say is that awareness, you have to become aware that something needs to change and then make a decision to actually do it. Right. right. So, so small, I call them micro shifts, right. Can we make micro shifts in our lives where, um, like you said, can make a big impact, but it's really slowing down as well because we're constantly on the go. And when you said dishes, I love washing dishes, but I feel like sometimes I don't have time to wash dishes, but it's so therapeutic. You know, it's, it's time for me to get my thoughts together, right? While I'm washing the dishes, um, even cooking, like things that we say we like to do or our hobbies, like tapping back into those, those give you time to slow down and really just kind of gather yourself. And I think that's what's missing in our healthcare professionals is the mm -hmm. time and space to gather and assess, right? We're, we're quick to do that for a patient or an employee, but not for ourselves, just to slow down and assess the situation. What's going on with you and what do you need right now? Um, so, so, so important. So Lisa, this has been a great conversation. We are definitely going to have you back. Do you have any last words for our listeners? Um, thank you for having me, Wendy. It's been a pleasure. Uh, last word for our listeners. I think, again, in order to thrive, because we don't want to just exist, in order to thrive in the areas of your life that matter, you need to understand that you matter and you've got to put yourself first. It is not selfish to do so. 
and um, find the joy, find the joy. I love that you said that because that's what really matters. And um, small decisions make big, big impact. So uh, I leave you with that. Make prioritize yourself so that you can be impactful to others. I love it. And Lisa, how can people get in contact with you if they want more information about what you do? Absolutely. If anyone wants more information about what I do, um, on, on all social media platforms at Lisa E. Campbell. Um, and also um, my website is careleadershipconsulting.com. And if they would like to send me a message, there is a contact form on that website. Or you can email me directly at contactcareleadership at gmail.com. I am revamping my website, so that will be um, soon to come. But it right now is careleadershipconsulting.com. Thank you so much, Lisa. And I look forward to having you back. Thank you so much, Wendy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.